Greetings and salutations, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Queuing Up Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Damian Rocha Jr. Today, we got another episode that's basically around magic because, you know, I like magic and so does your co-host now since, you know, he's been promoted since the last episode. Would you like to go <laughs> ahead and introduce yourself like always, even though they probably know who we're talking about? Uh, I worked my way up the ladder pretty quick. Been like, what, two weeks? <laughs> he's like, what can I say? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a hard worker. I got that promotion. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I now can move out of my cardboard box and into the washing machine. <laughs> I can finally move back into my studio. <laughs> <laughs> His one bedroom studio inside of a cardboard box. <laughs> no, this time it's actually in a garage. Oh, okay, yeah, so you really moved up. It's actually, is it insulated this time, or is it not insulated? No, it's not insulated. Ah, oh, damn. Eventually, you know, you won't freeze to death or get hypothermia. I got, a, I got a fan, though, so. Yeah, it really keeps you cold during those winter months, huh? Yeah. You're one, yeah. Of, those, you're one of those people who sleep with the window open with a fan blowing at negative 40 degrees <laughs> and then still complain that it's cold. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I wonder why. Anyways. Since, you know, we're off topic immediately already, that's not what we're talking about today. What we're going to be talking about today is uh, Commander. So basically, Magic the Gathering, and the specific format is Commander, where you have 100 cards. You can only have one copy of a card unless it's basic lands. So essentially, what we're going to be talking about today is what originally got us into Commander, our first Commander decks that we bought and or built, and then our favorite decks that we have collected and one that we are excited for. And if we have enough time, we'll probably just talk about, like, one of the newest decks that we have in our, like, collection, the most recent purchase that we had. But, uh, Rob, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if you can remember, because I know my memory is not as good as yours. It's your, you know, Mr. Mathematician English guy who just, your memory's just better than mine, okay? Okay? <laughs> Things like that. But uh, do you remember what got us into Commander? Because I know that I started watching Game Nights, and that's what got me into the thought of it, but I don't know what actually pushed us to go towards Commander. I know that I was really into Standard until you actually got me into it. Like, because you, you kept bringing it up. And then we, like, never really, like, looked into it until... Uh, we met somebody in person that um, played it, and we asked them questions. And we're like, "Oh, okay, okay, okay." Like the because we like we knew about like the color identity. I think mm -hmm. like yeah, we got to start within the color identity, and then we and then um, asked them about like, "Oh, you know, if the colors are like in like the abilities and stuff that counts as like the color identity." And then he told us about like how you can only have like one copy of each card unless it's a, um, like basic land, yeah. Uh, and then we found out from him that like uh, the commander is part of like the 100 cards in the deck, so you technically have 99 in your deck. Um, and then after that, I just remember us going to the card store, uh, in downtown. And then picking up those two commander decks, you got that. I think you got the Boros one, that artifact one. Yep. Or the equipment, the equipment one. And then you got me that Simic one, the uh, AC. 
and I know those were, I know those were like the first decks that we ever played with, and they were just kind of like an introduction to the format, and then we had a lot of fun with it. I would say though, those two decks actually complemented each other. Like I yeah. remember, I remember the Boros deck. If I got out with all of my uh, equipment and stuff within like five turns, I would easily not easily, but I would get you down to low enough health to where I really didn't care what came on your board. I could just kill you by just trample damage or hitting you for like four or five. Yeah. But if it went past like six turns, your commander would come <laughs> out and you would drop like ninety lands. <laughs> and draw 90 cards yeah we really didn't realize how like dumb broken ac was or like how good of a value engine he is until after yeah. like maybe a year or two where we really got into it and went wow he kind of went up in price he is exactly what we thought an absolute monster then we learned what simic did <laughs> and that's entirely what ac does oh yeah that's what, that's what simic does he is ramp and card draw <laughs> for some of you who don't know uh ac is it's the card ac tyrant of the gyre straight it's a six drop four colorless and then simic which is green blue legendary serpent or legendary creature serpent five five uh his ability is you may play a, an additional land on each of your turns which means you can play two lands on your turns but whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control you may draw a card it says may which means you do not have to draw a card for each land you can draw for you know which ones you actually want but yeah, yeah, essentially, so, yeah, as you're saying, sorry. Oh, uh, just like if somebody ended up like, you know, like if you attacked with like five creatures and somebody did like a settle the wreckage on you and you had to go search your land, you have to go search your library for like five land cards, you know, you, you don't have to like draw all five. You could just, you know. And plus you're in Simic too. So you have things like Eureka Moment, which is a two colorless green blue. You draw two cards and play a land from your hand. Uh, growth spiral, which is just Simic, which is just draw a card and put a land here from your hand onto the battlefield. Simic just has a lot of hey, every card you draw is like equal to how many lands you can play your turn. Basically, what Simic is. The thing about growth spiral though is that what's so gross about growth spiral is that you don't like you don't put a if I'm not mistaken you don't put a land from your hand. You're able to just play an additional land for the turn. Yeah, it's like it's not it doesn't come in tapped. You just play it. Yeah, draw a card. You may put it. Oh no, you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. That's right. I'm pretty sure this. I think that, I think there's a different card that like. I'm pretty sure it's just mono green, where it's just one green, one any color. Where you draw a card and then you could play an additional land. Is it exploration? Is that what it's called? Uh, I think it's explore. Exploration is. Explore is a one is a one drop or a two drop one color. This one green. You may play additional land on your turn and then you draw a card. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yep. Yeah, never mind. I thought, and that then, was, I thought that was Girl Spiral. You had the right idea. It's almost the same thing, just flipped. One yeah, comes yeah. from your hand, well, and then just you may just play an additional. Yeah. And the Boros commander, it was Wyleth, Soul of Steel. A three-drop commander, one colorless, and then Boros, red-white. Legendary creature, human warrior, 2-2, two -two, with trample. Whenever Wyleth, Soul of Steel attacks, draw a card for each aura and or equipment attached to it. So if you have like six things attached to them, you can draw six cards. And just attach more things to them. Yeah, the deck wasn't like in my in my eyes at the time, the deck actually wasn't bad when we first started playing. But I obviously after like a year or two, you're kind of like, wow, this needs a lot of upgrades. 
Yeah, yeah. Same thing with AC. Well, I guess not so much AC. AC was actually a pretty solid deck. Yeah, because you had, if you couldn't find, you know, any of your big serpents or octopi or the krakens you had in there, you had that one leviathan that turned everything into islands and only things with flying could attack. If I couldn't find any of my big hitting creatures, I would draw into one of the 42 lands that were in the pre-constructed deck, and I could then just draw into them. <laughs> that was so dumb that like a Simic deck had 42 lands. <laughs> it was something sense, high. Though. It was like 38 or something. No, it was no, it was over 40, because oh. I counted it. It was over 40. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's, the That's what I'm saying. Even even if you flood out with that deck, you're able to just play the lands and just draw into something like that you could actually play instead. And since you played all those lands, guess what? You have the mana to play that thing that you drew into. <laughs> yeah, it was really dumb. It was a, it was fun though. Like I won't lie, for like what was it, forty bucks for both of them? It was something really cheap uh, yeah. before the the pandemic happened? Yeah. And then also before AC went up in price, yeah. I'm pretty yeah I'm pretty sure that thing was only like twenty bucks. And then after like we kept it for a while, I'm pretty sure its resale value was probably like forty bucks at the time. <laughs> <laughs> that that was so much, and we're like, oh. Yeah, yeah the original. Started, then huh? we started building our. Then we started building like our own decks, and we see that like cheap is usually like a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because there's some things that are just absolute, just terrible. Like, they have some things indexed that make sense, but then they have others that just, like, why? Like, I understand you don't want to reprint, like, you know, uh, giant cards. Have they, like cards have, that, like, have, you know, did they ever re Did they ever reprint uh, Talisman of, um, is it Dominance? Whatever the... Uh, the blue-white one? Azers, whatever the Azurus one is. Have, have, they, have they reprinted that? They still haven't reprinted no. that. Dude... <laughs> they reprinted i think every single one but that one they have they, they completely have and it's like it's been like three sets since they've like reprinted all of them and they still haven't done it i don't Tell know why how's it been a progress there we go progress yeah, it's still 13 bucks so dumb the next and most expensive one is four bucks and that's the talisman of conviction that's um boros even Talisman of Creativity is down to like seventy two cents. Why not do it? Like, what are they so scared of? They if they reprint Talisman of Progress, you know? Like, is there like an Azur's deck out there that I don't know of that like really wants that card and like that's the reason why they're not reprinting it? Any blink decks? I guess, but like I don't know. Like, that's that the only strong. thing I think of. Is it like artifact decks? I guess that's literally what blue and like blue and white is mainly. Blue yeah. is. That's something I can think of, but I can't even think of any like blue white like artifact decks besides um that new artifact one. I forget his name. I think I know, you know what you're talking, talking about. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't remember the name. For the life of me. No, not Shigeki. That's the snake. Not Shigeki. That's this. Is it the ninja guy? No, it's the vehicle that could be your commander. Oh, Shurikai. Is that what it is? Yep, Shurikai. Genesis in. The four drop that pilots. I think it's like you tap them and then... Yeah, one ta well, you one and tap them, draw two cards, then discard a card. You create a one one colors pilot creature token with this creature cruise vehicles, though its power were two greater. 
it has uh, this thing as crew eight and you could you could be your commander and then with him being your commander too like being able to like the way vehicles work like you could pretty much like avoid board wipes with it like you could just crew all of your creatures into um shorakai and the board up would just kill shorakai then all your creatures just come back <laughs> oh that huh yeah I know Shorkai has been getting actually pretty popular just because there's a lot of really cool tech that you could do with them. Oh yeah, there's a lot of cool things. Act or you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool vehicles in blue white. Oh, of like, course there is. Like Panharmonicon. <laughs> but uh, not Pan, yeah, so not Panharmonicon, Parhelion. That's what I'm thinking of. Parhelion. Arhelia. Crew 4. So if you have two of those 1-1s, one they could all you have to do. All they have to do is tap 2 and then they, these things create 4 or like 2 4 white angels. So dumb. Parhelion is so cool. That's probably, probably one of my favorite vehicles is Parhelion. Not or bad. Dreadnought. The Dreadnought, the con was a consult Dreadnought, the one drop that's like a 7-Eleven. <laughs> but dumb. Like... Yeah. Par Parhelion has probably been my favorite, just because like you get so much value off of it. It has flying, first strike, and vigilance in a five-five body, which isn't bad. And then when it attacks, you create two four-four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance that are attacking. Like that's super good. If that thing stays on the board, like do you know how many, how many angel tokens you can make? Plus, if you have something like uh 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 anointed procession on the field. Yeah, those come four. Come four, four fours that are that with flying and vigilance that are attacking. Instead of hitting you for five, I'm hitting you for nineteen. Oh, scratch sacks. Sixteen. <laughs> Adding five damage. Plus, five no. plus sixteen to be twenty-one. Oh, fifteen damage. That's yeah, strong. You left him on the battlefield too. <laughs> Stronger. And then even if you do, even if like. Parhelion, even after like Parhelion like becomes unequipped, even if you do kill like those creatures that originally crewed Parhelion, now that you have two four four angels, at least one of those angels can then crew Parhelion again. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Gotta love it. Gotta love it. It basically it literally is its own value engine for itself. Yeah, no. That's that's why I like that's what I like about it. <laughs> uh but yeah, I will say the uh like just getting into Commander was very fun. Like, just learning how everything works, having to look stuff up. And what was it? Just, like, last week we found out after, like, three years of playing that we've been playing Double Strike wrong. Or at least Double Strike with Trample, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I always thought it was... Well, I, guess, I guess it is Double Strike in general, yeah. Yeah, I always thought it was, like, say if you have a 3-3 three, three with Double Strike and you're attacking, I block with a 1-1. One, one. First strike damage hits it, kills it. I always thought the second strike kicks in. Or, like, just normal combat damage kicks in, hit the person. Yeah, yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, I didn't realize it would negate the whole thing unless I had trample, but it mm -hmm. makes sense. Kind of weird though, because only. Well, I guess, yeah, because the trample would go through causing you to. Second combat. Yeah. But yeah, it's nice to know that now, because I feel like a lot of games should probably played out differently. But first hey. strike and whenever first strike and double strike is introduced to the board, like things just get so confusing. Yeah, because you have to explain. Oh, if you have like a double striker and you introduce the fight mechanic, it gets even worse. 
Dude, it's so stupid. Or like when when you attacked me that one time with like you had I'm pretty sure you had Fire Emancipation on the field, and then you had that trample creature, and then I had that first strike creature, and we were trying to figure out that oh, interaction. God, that was such a weird <laughs> I was saying, whenever first strike or double strike is like introduced to the table, it's just a mess. Yeah, because like we found out that like the way it works is say Be- I I hit you first. It was, it was because my it was because my creature had first strike and it was enough damage to kill your creature that like that like the damage from your trample didn't even go through at all and so like fire emancipation didn't even like proc either because first strike happened first before your creature dealt any damage and it killed it and then uh fire emancipation didn't couldn't proc at all this it, it was so confusing. <laughs> Oh, it still is to this. Just, it's weird. It's a weird. It was a whole weird interaction, but we got through it. We learned, and now we're getting better with it. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always view first strike as like it's of. What helps me understand is that like it's like its own combat, like entirety, like entirely on its own. It's like when, when you know, like a creature's like. If a creature with first strike is either blocking or hitting from like attacking another creature is like blocking or blocked, I guess I should say, that like it's it's on its own combat, like uh, step all on its own at first, and then if it kills it, you know, since it was in its own combat step, nothing that that other creature had even fucking mattered because it was in its own combat step. But if it didn't kill it, and then the normal like combat came through, then everything from that other creature then matters. That's the way like I've always looked at it. It's kind of helped since then. We'll say though, it's a good way to think about it. Like maybe a little like essential. I don't know how to say it besides like a flashcard. Kind of weird though. It's kind of like the, like the Pythagorean thing. So there's like something, something square root of ax or whatever, and then it's like, oh, oh look. the uh, quadratic formula. There one. you go. The yeah. Mr. Math in English. <laughs> Going into the topic of like the first decks that we built, because out of if I'm not mistaken, technically, wouldn't the first deck you bought was the Ace one? It's just to immediately like take it apart. Yeah, that was the first deck I ever played with. But like the first deck that I ever built myself and purchased was different. AC deck from me to basically. Yeah, it was it was it was for it was for the first deck that I ever bought myself. Yeah, it's kind of so weird because actually... if you think about it, the first deck you bought was ac but the first deck you built for yourself as a commander deck was the one that included ac yeah yeah because it was it was all lands matter it was pretty much a lands matter deck uh with just big creatures in it <laughs> like it was, it was pretty much a lands matter slash good stuff deck it was so much fun it was yeah. so it was just it was just stupid jank was, yeah, was that first if, deck if you that want I made. to you can go ahead and explain who it is yeah, I was. It was before. It was before he was banned, so no one get mad at me. 
but it was Golos. Golos, Tireless Pilgrim. Yeah. I don't know why I was... Oh, I know why I was so drawn to him was because uh, at the time, I didn't really have, like, enough money to be able to, like, buy a, a commander deck, and I pulled Golos from a... Uh, pretty sure he was from M20. I pulled him from an M20 uh, booster box, like, a long time ago, and I just kept him because I, I knew he was like a legendary creature and I thought he was pretty cool being all five colors and so I just kind of capped him and then when I when we came into commander and I knew that any legendary creature can be uh you know your commander I looked up like all the five color commanders and I saw Golos and I was like oh man like I uh, I actually have him and then when I reread through him I was able to understand all of his abilities a lot more and I was like dude that's actually really cool and so I built him and then since he was all like lands matter because the um the main win con was through, oh man, I can't, uh, uh, Maze's End, that's what it's called, yeah, it's all about gates, if you control, like, ten gates that have different names, and, like, you, like, pay, like, its ability and tap, uh, Maze's End, you, like, win the game, uh, so it was all, but, so it was all through that, uh, and because of how, because I was having, like, all these different lands with different names, uh, field of the dead automatically um like synergized with that and so i included field of the dead and lucky me i didn't have to pay for field of the dead either because from that same booster pack that i got <laughs> golos i also pulled the field of the dead like a long time ago like i had no idea how lucky it was when i got that booster box until like i started building <laughs> that golos deck <laughs> and so i had all this all these lands and stuff and like all this lands matter and uh to go along with lands matter i mean just all this stuff like a lot of the stuff in the ac deck just naturally synergized with it so that's why i wanted to buy that ac deck off of you because i had ac to allow me to play more lands to get more zombies out like in one turn and then also card draw like that's just from ac by himself and then there's all the other cards that came with ac really embodies yeah yep, yep. like if you <laughs> he is what simic is you pay a card play any card you draw a card if it's a battlefield yeah and then i had vesuva to double up on the zombie yeah you're creation. the one who yeah you're the one who made that uh living nightmare <laughs> yeah I, well i i experienced field of the dead uh it was on magic the gathering arena it was when that was it was when that was still legal and standard I faced off against a a Field of the Dead deck, and, you know, in standard at the time, you were able to run four copies of that thing, and because it's not a legendary land, I don't think, because I'm pretty sure you can have four copies of the thing on the field. I faced off against a guy who got, like, three copies of it on the field, and I was able to board wipe him, and I was able to control his board pretty well, but then the moment he would get, like, one land, it was, it was over, like, the board was just back, and I just got swamped. And so, like, I knew, like, how good Field of the Dead was if you're able to get a lot of lands on the field, like, in one turn, or if you're able to have multiple copies of it. And so I wanted Vesuva in there, along with um, uh, things like AC and Azusa, so I could play multiple lands, have multiple copies of Field of the Dead proccing, and then have things like Endless Ranks of the Dead to just completely swarm the board with zombies and, like, be super resilient to board wipes. Like, that's what, that, was, that, that was, like, my second way to win the game was just swarm the board of zombies but the main way was through maze's end taken didn't you have um dryad of the illusion grove up guy that like, yeah yeah he, so yeah. long story short he literally had any color he wanted in the deck 
at all times. Like he had chromatic, not chromatic lantern, the uh, other lantern. Chromatic orrery, chromatic orrery. Yeah. Chromatic orrery, yeah. that seven drop legendary artifact lets you tap mana for anything. And then you tap it for five mana and those five mana count as any color. Like and he had, you could, he, also, oh. you could also pay five and tap it. And then you could draw a card for each uh, color on permanency control, I think. Here's the thing with Rob. Rob did the smart thing and did research on his commander. Me, being the idiot that I am, my first commander, who I still have, after I... So, the first one I built, I should say. The first one I bought was Wyleth and Wyleth, because that's... I don't know what it was about Boros. It sounded fun, hitting people as hard as you can. Back then, though, Boros didn't have a lot of draw spells, so, you know, I ran out of cards a lot. I would play Boros a bunch of... Kinda, Boros was kind of trash back then. It's gotten a lot but better it now. has gotten a lot, a lot better. better. I will all say because, that. All because of Ozgear. <laughs> yeah, yep. I, I love Ozgear, dude. He's so much fun. Then uh, the first one I built was Marisi, Breaker of the Coil. Four drop, one in Naya, so one colorless, red, white, green combination. 5-5 five, five, Cat Warrior with basically the first line of text he has is Opponents cannot play spells during your combat. Basically means I always ask people, like, I'm moving to combat. Do you have any, you know, uh, responses? Because once I start swinging at you, you can't play instances. And then his second ability is whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, goad each creature that player controls. Some of you who do not know what goading is, G-O-A-D, like toad, but with a G, until your next turn... Those creatures attack each combat if able and attack a player that is not you if able. Basically what that means is if you're playing a four-player game and you hit somebody, that person and all their creatures that are on the board at the time swing on their next combat if they can. Because there's some creatures that tap for like mana that do certain... Makes it so they can't, you know, hack. But yeah, the first... it. <laughs> Rob, Rob is such a good friend, and here's why he's such a good friend. This dude waited about a year and a half until I finally started making Marisi a better deck before he was like, listen, I didn't want to break your heart because you spent so much time and effort making that first iteration of that deck, but it was trash. And I was like, "You, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I can't get mad at you. I can't be upset. What you're saying is straight facts. That first iteration of Marisi was absolute trash. Yeah, because I knew I knew how much I enjoyed my Golos deck and how like Golos was like my baby, and I really didn't want to just be like, yo, that deck is really shit. <laughs> Only took me a year and a half to make it better, and it actually works a lot better now. I'm actually a threat in games. Yeah, it is. It is actually really. Whenever you pull that deck out, it is actually really scary. Because like the newer cards, especially the ones like from Baldur's Gate. Give everything think, double strike or like double everything's what power. It, I think what makes it so scary is like it's not the fact that like it's your deck specifically that scares me. It's the fact that when your deck is on the field, it makes me afraid of everyone else's deck at the table <laughs> because, because they're going to be attacking me. <laughs> so like so the, so so what makes it so hard is that like I have to answer the immediate threats of like the board that is forced to attack me and then after that also find somehow find a way to answer your board afterwards otherwise they're just going to keep attacking me like that's what, that's what makes that deck so scary. That's the thing I love too is cuz there was one game at uh the card shop that I go to 
where uh, I made a deal with a guy at the beginning of the game that I wouldn't attack him once. <laughs> and I didn't. And he died first because everyone else had to attack him. Oh. <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, because like he didn't read my commander right away. He just wanted to play in like four or five turns in. He goes, wait, what did your commander do? And he reads it and he goes, we made that deal, didn't we? I was like, yep, we made it turn one. So you can break it if you want, but you know, I will swing at you for 15 damage. <laughs> So I didn't attack him once. He just died to everyone else. Either do you want to take 15 damage from me or 20 damage from this guy? <laughs> oh, it's yours. I'm giving everything 1-1 one, one counters, double strike, menace, and haste. Just don't attack me. It's that simple. <laughs> that deck is yeah, really fun, though. Them coming out with all the new goad stuff, too, also really helped that deck. Like, what was that new sorcery that came out with uh, New Capenna? Like, the commander of New Capenna? Where, like, gives, like, it, like, goads all creatures and gives them double strike if you I overload mean... it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like something showdown. Let me look it up real quick, because that card, yeah. uh, Spectacular Showdown. It's, it's, it is... it's, it's originally a two-drop, isn't it? Yep, it's a two-drop. One color is yeah. one red for a sorcery. Uh, put a double strike counter on target creature. Then go to each creature that had a double strike counter put on it this way. Its overload cost is seven, four, four colorless, and three red. So basically what overload is, is it changes the text whenever it says uh, target to each. So instead of saying put a double, a double strike counter on target creature, it's put a double strike counter on each creature. Then go to each creature that had a double strike counter put on it. So for seven mana, you give everything double strike, and then they just start throwing hands at everyone give everything double strike and since they're all goaded they can't attack you so you just you just sit back and watch the, the utter massacre unfold in front of you <laughs> and the, the fact that they're double strike counters too they don't go away after that spell resolves you know i'm like those double strike counters stay so if somebody survives and you goad their creatures again they it's still all double have strike. double strike mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> another card they recently came out with too was for Baldur's Gate it's called the Avatar of Slaughter six colorless and two red all creatures have double strike and attack each combat if able it doesn't goad them but it still gives them double strike so it's kind of sitting like there like that, yep like that new creature that came out from Baldur's Gate where it's like any creature like any creature that has lesser power than oh, like yeah, this creature is, is, is all goaded that is so good too Especially if you have Agitator Ant, <laughs> you just put, you just keep buffing him with Agitator Ant. <laughs> oh, I always do. I usually do that, or I uh, buff, uh, I buff Agitator Ant with Agitator Ant. Like I just give the ant its own stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that, I got. I forget his name, but yeah, that dude is so good. Just the fact that he's just like a static. Just everything is goaded that has lesser power than me until you get rid of me. Like that is just so good. He's literally just looking down on you because he can how i see it but yeah that that deck it's pretty fun now i can say like it is really fun to like actually play it like i don't feel as bad because you know i actually did research and looked into the commander and actually made things goad more instead of just being like oh this is a big red creature this is a big white creature this is a big green creature <laughs> god that deck was so trash when it first came out uh yeah, well, that that's essentially what I did with my Golos deck, though, too. But it's just Golos actually, like, complemented that good stuff play style. Hmm. His name yeah. is Bayloth Baratil. Baratil. Oh, okay. Baratil uh, Entertainer. 
five, so it's four colors, one red. Legendary creature, Elf Shaman, two five. Creatures your opponents control with power less than this creature are goaded. Whenever a goaded attacking creature or blocking creature dies, you create a treasure token. I didn't even, I misread that when I first got him. That, so like, if you have a goaded attacking creature and the creature blocking it, they both die, you make two treasure tokens. Yup, yup. It's so gross, but yeah. And then like, I added Soltari creatures. Basically what they have is shadow, which means they can only uh, be blocked by things with shadow and only block creatures that also have shadow. So it essentially is just like a free 1-1 one, one hitting you or like a free 2 hitting you, which, which with Maurice on the field, Gives everything, uh, gets everything goaded. So pretty nice. It works a lot better than oh. that first iteration, which was absolute just garbage. Like, I, I'm so happy that it's better than what it was because, good golly, that was just, ugh. <laughs> Such filth. I was always remember getting mad. I'm like, why doesn't my deck work? And Rob's like, oh, you know, it's sequencing. He's just being a good friend. He just, he really could have just said my deck was ass, but he really, like, he hyped me up going, nah, next game you'll get better. Next game you'll get better. <laughs> but yeah that's i was like it was pretty fun though still like i had fun learning the process how to properly build go around mana curve because if i'm being honest you're the one who taught me about mana curve and how to understand it because i had no idea what you were talking about when you're just like no you got to fix your mana curve i'm like i don't know what that means what do you mean you're saying i can't i can't have 19 eight drops in my in my commander deck i mean you sure can. It's just you better have a good reason for it. Oh yeah, you like, better like. That's that's what happened with my that's what happened with my Golos deck. I had like I forget I don't know how many seven plus drops in my Golos deck, but the reason why I had it in there was because that's the way Golos played. He was all lands matter, so even if I didn't exile them with his ability, I was able to usually hard cast them at least some point during the game because of how many lands are getting on the field, or if I don't get them into my hand Golos's ability usually just hits them anyways and i cast them for free so like i mean you can't run a lot of really big spells but the deck better have a way to get them out <laughs> much yeah i see what you're saying. <laughs> that's basically how you broke it down you're like do you have any ramp in this deck or any way to get them out and i'm like all right take them out then i'm like gotcha i got you i'm understanding now mana curve <laughs> yeah that's basically how i got better was out mana curve hang with me cards yeah. looking mana at things that go in or like not past mana curve is very important always is i don't know if, i don't know if anybody would be listening that's like you know like starting out with commander or anything and they're trying to learn how to get better but there's an app that i like to use called mana box when you make a deck with it you can um check out the uh like the mana values of the um of the entire deck and it essentially shows you a curve and you kind of want a nice um like i guess like bell curve you know like you want like, low and then like around like the three drops to be around your highest and then it starts getting lower towards four or five and then towards six and seven you want it to be a little high again just so then you have some end game things to help you close it out so just in case anyone was confused about what mana curve was and they're new and listening. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a point, I think, in the video where they might not hear you because I accidentally played something in the background and it scared the absolute crap out of me. <laughs> like, you were. Yeah, for like a second, it was just like, bow, bow. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, so like, those were basically 
the two first that we bought and the two first that we built. And in my opinion, it was fun with the first two. So like the Wyleth and AC decks were fun, but I had more fun with the ones that we ourselves like built. Then we actually got to see how our ideas were different from one another and how we would change things about our deck to like try to not necessarily like counter our friend's deck completely, but have answers for it. It definitely, it definitely puts a bit of personality into your decks too, you know? Oh yeah. Like, uh, it's hard to explain, you know, but just because of the way that commander plays, if like, and if you, if you know, if you know how magic works, like in like standard or something, you usually find something in that game that you thoroughly enjoy and you put a bit of your personality into it and you when you go into commander you find like a legendary creature that is all about that that play style that you liked and you build around it and if you completely build around it yourself without using like edh rec or anything you definitely put a bit of your personality in it and it really shows it's really cool i know that's with me with some of them some of the uh things that i'm Uh, like I went to EDH Rec to help out, but I had like such a broad idea of what it was that I basically was just right on the mark. Yeah. Like for example, uh, moving on to the next topic, uh, some of our favorite decks in our collections. My favorite deck out of all my decks, because right now I think I have like thirty. All I know is that I have, I have I have double digits. I got one, two, three, four, five, six. 10, 11, 13. Yeah, look at that. 13 decks. Right on the nose. My favorite out of every single one, and I've made a lot. Don't get me wrong. I've made a lot. But my favorite by far is my Sir Gwen deck. It is a Mardu, which is white black. Actual correct thing. Yep. So it is Sir Gwen, Hero of Ashvale. She came from Throne of Eldraine. Uh, it is three colorless, red, white, black, so six mana total. For a legendary creature, Human Knight, 5-5. Five, five. She has Vigilance and Menace, which means when she attacks, she doesn't tap. And in order to block her, you need more than one creature. She has to be blocked by two or more creatures. Her abilities read, whenever any equipped creature you control attacks, draw a card, lose one life. So any creature that you have that's equipped, when it attacks, you lose a life and draw a card because of it. Nice. Also, though, her second ability, which once I saw this... And another uh, another artifact that came out in Throat of Eldorain, which was my one of my still my favorite artifact or second favorite artifact. Uh, it's it's called or not called sorry. It's second ability is equipment you control has equip knight zero, which means if you have a knight anywhere on the battlefield, including Sir Gwen, any equipment you have has an alternate uh, equip cost of zero. So like example. My favorite, I'd say equipment, not my favorite artifact, my favorite equipment, Colossus Hammer. Colossal Hammer. They one drop, uh, gives creature plus 10, plus 10, and the creature loses flying. But it's equip cost 10. Or 8, sorry. Equip cost is 8. So you're like, oh, that's too much. Sure it is. But in this deck, since all of my creatures are knights, I can just play a one drop, and if my commander's on the battlefield, I can just equip it for free. So now you got like a 14-14 or like a 13-13 or 11-11. Oh, 
basically anything that is on the battlefield became a threat because it's taking at least a fourth of your health away. <laughs> and that's the scariest part about that. <laughs> In me being the degenerate I am, I have one copy of every sword of, so like sort of Hearth and Home, Blood and Sinew, or Bone and Sinew, I think is that one. Beast and Famine, you know, Body and Mind, all of those ones. Have every single one in this deck. I also have some other things like Grafted Exoskeleton, which is a four drop, gives the creature, I believe, plus two, plus two, and gives it Infect, which means if a creature deals 10 damage to you, you just die because Infect makes it if you have 10 Infect counters or Poison counters on you, you just lose the game. No matter how much health you have or what's going on, you just you have Vorpal Sword in there? I used to, but then since a lot of the stuff gives protection from black, it always would fall off due to, like, ruling, so I took it off. Oh, okay. Same thing with, um, what is that red one? Ember Cleave. Ember Cleave is so good, but, like, if I have so many artifacts, especially because of the swords. The sword ofs always give, like, protection from white, red, red, black. So it essentially is getting rid of my own colors in I was like, you know yeah. what? I'm not going to have any colored equipment. Okay. So far, it's been really fun. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's always a blast just to see someone be like, oh, he's not a threat. He only has a 5-5. Five five. Literally, my next turn, I play a Colossal Hammer, like, let's say, a Sword of Feast and Famine, all in the same turn. It's like, yeah, so this went from 5-5 five five to an 18-18 with Vigilance Menace, and if I hit you, you know... Or no, I untap all my lands and you discard a card. Ah, oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's absolutely. What did we learn <laughs> from this? Don't leave me alone. I will say though, I built her wrong the first time. I built her as a Voltron commander. For those of you who do not know what Voltron is, it's basically we have one creature become really big, whether it be through equipments, uh, or auras, since you make the creature super. That's what I thought it was. Then, of course, it makes more sense to build light, so like have three creatures on the battlefield that do 10 damage instead of having one big creature. Because for each one of those creatures attacking, I can draw into. Yeah. That's my favorite deck out of mine. I don't know about Rob, because I know you don't really, you don't seem like a person who has. Like, have ones that. Uh, yeah, I it really depends on my mood on what I really like reach for to play with. But I think the deck that I've had the most fun with it was my Golos deck, but I had to disassemble that because he was banned, so I couldn't play with him anymore. Badly, yeah. Uh, I think the deck that I have most fun with just all around is probably Ozgear. About to say, yeah, because you take extra turns. Big combustible gear hulks. Because like it's like I can I could have like a lot of extra turns, but they're not infinite. And like within those extra turns, I don't necessarily always win. But I could I could I'm guaranteed to at least always do some really stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah. There like have um, been I think two nine extra turns yeah and but i had like a crazy board state pretty much then of course yeah. i think it was uh raise she wiped everything 
Cool. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> All your copies that you here's. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I really I really enjoyed Oz gear. I have a lot of other decks that um I'm gonna end up getting that I'm probably gonna have a lot of fun with. I want my I want my um Morzov and my Azris deck next. So uh, I think for, those are gonna be pretty fun. For me, I'm getting mono black, mono blue, and five color just so I can get like the basics out of the way. Kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Basically get sense. one of each color and then get one that's every color. But the one of every color is going to be kind of difficult because I can do my Kenrith Mutate deck, which I don't expect it to be good at all because this deck is not built to be good. It's built around the Godzilla cards that came out. So <laughs> it's all like <laughs> the uh, uh, not Zendikar Rising, Ikoria Lair of Behemoth set where it was like Godzilla, King Ghidorah, which thank, you know, thankfully for me, I got super lucky and you opened the box topper to the box that you loaned me money for. It just so happened to be the foil King Ghidorah that was like $300 at the time. Yeah, that was so cool. You're going to be playing with it? That's oh, yeah, so it's cool in the dude. deck. It's in the deck. Oh, man. You better have that thing like triple sleeved or something. Oh, it's, it's, it has a thick sleeve on it right now. I always make sure. Oh, that. okay. But yeah, essentially this entire deck is built around Mutate, but it's also built around like alternate art cards. So like all the land cards are alternate art. A lot of the uh, creatures are... I think it's like out of the 35 creatures I have, I think two of them don't have any alternate arts or shiny like foils. It's just, they just don't have those. I'm like, okay, what whatever. Is, what is King Ghidorah's fucking mutate ability again? I got you because I got the deck right next. Hold on. Ghidorah, King of the Cosmos, or for people who don't have the other card or the act for people who have the actual card it's the Iluna apex, apex of wishes. wishes yep yeah there you go it is two uh, in teamer or two colorless green blue red oh it's a five yeah, drop six know. six if flying and trample mutate cost is three colorless hybrid red or green which means you can pay two blue whenever this creature mutates sell cards to the top of your library until you have a non-land permanent card put that card onto the battlefield or Yeah, this is going to be gross because you mutate on this thing and it's like, hey, guess what? Boom, another creature who can mutate comes on here and it's that's, oh yeah, it's always <laughs> never said it was going to be nice. But yeah, I'm just excited for it. Something that like I don't really know how to explain it besides it's something that's nice for me. Like It's a deck that I'm going to looking at and losing every single time gonna be clunkier than but <laughs> it was that deck the other five color deck i have is uh my world elemental deck which it's uh horde of notions which is a five color commander where it literally is all five colors instead of like uh kenrith where his is he's white he's four color or four colorless and a white and has colors in his ability this creature literally is just woobird just one of every color essentially it's you can play anything from your graveyard if it's an elemental. That's my favorite tribe. That's the first tribe of creatures I was introduced to because I did M20. And uh, that's where Risen Reef came from. And <laughs> Rob <laughs> just has nightmares of that card. But uh, basically what Horde of Notions is, is a five-color commander, white, blue, black, red, green, Wooburg. It is a legendary creature elemental, 5-5. Five, five. 
Vigilance, Trample, Haste, which means as soon as it comes in, it can attack. Has Trample, which means if uh, a 5-5, five five, which he is, attacks Robert, and Robert blocks with a 2-2, two two, three of the damage is going through to hit him. Vigilance, once again, is you tap it, it doesn't, or you attack with it, it doesn't tap. The other ability is if you pay Wooberg the same colors that you paid to play it, you can play a target elemental card from your graveyard without paying its mana cost. There's a lot of good elementals that, you know, are like six, seven, eight mana. You can just pay them, play them for five mana. Really, it's discounted for one. It's synergy for two. I'm just super excited for it just to have a deck that's my favorite tribe because I have one that's teamer that's, you know, blue, red, green. But like, not that big of a deal for me because it's only three colors. This one's cool because it has all colors. Yeah. So it just feels like, I don't know, it just feels more to the like, I guess this is where you, this is where we go back to what you said, Rob, where it's like your personality goes into it. Like this is one yeah. of my personality things. That and the, the Kenrith deck, that was straight. That is something I did not look up on EDH rec until after I made everything. And I was like, okay, let's switch it up just slightly. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. Now I got all the Godzilla cards. <laughs> Kaijus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then lastly, the other one is a new one that just came out. It's new Jota that we talked about on the previous episode. If you guys didn't see yeah. it, I'll give you a quick rundown on what he does. It's Jota the Unifier, the same thing as Horde of Notions, one of every color, Wooberg, white, blue, black, red, green. Legendary creature, human wizard, 5-5. Five, five. Legendary creatures you control get plus X, plus X, where X is the number of legendary creatures you control. So I didn't really think about this till now. Joda is a 5-drop 6-6 six, six commander because he counts himself. Because it yes, doesn't say other. Yeah. It just counts himself. Yeah. Then, his second ability is whenever you cast a legendary spell, not a creature, spell, whether it be legendary sorcery, legendary instant, which I don't know if they have legendary instances, legendary enchantment, legendary artifact, legendary creature, it triggers. And this is what it triggers. Whenever you cast a legendary spell from your hand, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a 9 non-land legend card with lesser mana value. For example, if I drop a four-drop legendary creature, I keep exiling to cop cards until I get a three mana, two mana, or one mana, or sometimes zero. There's only one zero thing that I can think of that's legendary, and that's Rograk or Rograk or whatever his name is. <laughs> that, that would actually be pretty cool, having him in that deck. Oh, yeah, that was one of the things that, I, that I saw. Exile... You want to know what I think is funny when you uh, play a legendary like spell from your hand that costs zero? You literally exile your library and just shuffle it. Like I just love how that works because you fail to find it. But after you exile the toes cards until you find an online permanent, the ones that you didn't cast, you put back into your library by shuffling. So put them at the like you know. Yeah, you put them at the, oh no, you don't shuffle. You just put them at the bottom of your library in a random. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, essentially those are the three that I was looking at because one of them, like, Jota just seems like so much fun. He feels like the new Golos to me, personally, because he feels like he'd be super, super friendly to new people. Yeah, that's that's the way I kind of view him, too, except the reason why he's not as broken as Golos is because he doesn't fix your mana for you when he enters the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, they just uh, they switched that out with he's a 6-6 six, six when he comes yeah. in instead of a 5-5. Five, five. Literally anything you play makes him bigger. Or any yeah. creature you play makes him bigger and that creature also bigger. But yeah, that's 
those are the ones that I'm kind of looking at to buy next because the, the mono black and blue ones easily were top picks. I was just like, yeah, these ones I'm definitely getting next. But the mono or the Wooberg commanders, I'm having so much trouble picking which one I want to get because all three of them look like so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'd get Jota first, to be honest. Probably because the new artifact that came out, Timeless Witness, is in every single one of those decks now. Because it's it's a staple for five color decks now. Like, why wouldn't you want it? Yeah, yeah. It's literally a five color. It's five colorless, and it fixes your five color mana. It doesn't fix it, but it gives you it. Yeah, yep, yeah, it, yeah. Like if if you don't even have the all five colors to cast Jota, you could just cast that artifact, and then the next turn when it becomes untapped, you have all the colors, so you could just tap that, play Jota, and then yeah. because you have. Because you have probably six lands at that point, you could then play a legendary creature to proc Jota. Yeah, you could. I think, what was it? We did the math in the last episode. If you had turn one, any land into a soul ring, into an arcane signet, turn two, you played the witness or the lotus, turn three, you literally have all the mana you need to play Jota. Play Jota, and then you'd have like one, two, you'd have like six other mana like on top of the timeless witness and that could be something like an itali or something <laughs> uh, timeless lotus yeah i said something different too it's gonna be it's eventually it'll be stuck in our head timeless lotus. yeah you said i think you said timeless witness <laughs> yeah I, I i said something that wasn't lotus but yeah it's just it just seems like a very fun deck because there's some stupid legendary creatures that you can put in there like there's one that i never heard of until i saw a video of it on youtube his name is Tish he's a uh, Gross Commander, whenever he attacks, if he's attacking with two or more creatures, it's plus five, plus five until end. So he's just a gigantic creature. Because you play him, get another creature, attack with everything, he gets plus three because there's three creatures that are legendary on him. And on top of that, he gets plus five, plus five. I think already that he's uh, a 4-4. Four, four. Let me look him up. He's just yeah, it's Tajik Blade of Legion. He's four drop two two commander with human or he's legendary creature, human soldier. Two colorless Boros with red white. Indestructible. I didn't even see he had indestructible. Insane. Uh whenever he attacks, if at least two other creatures are attacking, he gets plus five plus five to end a turn. So if you have three creatures on the battlefield, the five five, plus five plus five, he's a ten ten. Indestructible. Like it's just so many good things that can go. You can literally just make it any color you want. Make a five-color like deck. You can have Jota as your five-color commander, but just make it mono any. Nothing but like. Yeah. yeah. That's what I much. love about it is like the synergy is just there. If it says legendary, it works. <laughs> yeah. It essentially, <laughs> it essentially draws you a card and lets you play the card for free if you play something legendary. Yeah, are you excited for any specific ones? I know you said your Orzov deck and your yeah, because I have I have Orzov Aristocrats, and I really liked the um, cause I I really like uh interaction, um, in Magic, like being able to like do interaction like on opponents' turns and stuff, and so uh um I bought um you know uh Grace that um zombies deck that zombies aristocrats deck with with will at the helm 
and uh with all of the interaction that you could do with the aristocrats in that deck i was like man that looks like so much fun to play so i wanted to make my own aristocrats deck and so i made tasa karlov it's a very very basic orzov commander but i really wanted a cool interactive aristocrats deck and that was the thing that came to mind and it's really awesome it looks really fun and then i made a blink deck and i when when the uh mana box updated with uh, the new dominaria i immediately put that aether channeler in the blink deck by the way <laughs> that i did the, the same thing, thing i did yeah i did the same thing <laughs> with my blink deck yeah i immediately put that aether channeler in there and so my blink deck has that now and it's my azure's blink deck i literally just draw a lot of cards and the end game is either an infinite blink combo with um very powerful etb effects or uh since i'm drawing a lot of cards with this deck like you will not believe how many cards i draw with this deck through my blinking uh i draw into uh, uh approach of the second sun so either way I have two incons in that, in that deck, and it seems it's actually very, very, like, viable of a deck from, and it's not even that expensive either. It is, like, two hundred bucks. It's not, not bad. Too bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like he, it's literally just drawing cards into like powerful ETP effects, and then winning through that way with like an infinite ETP combo. Or um, uh, drawing into approach the second sun since I'm drawing through so many cards. <laughs> a fun card to play. Play it once. Oh, we gotta kill this person. And say, well, if you can't, if there's a gun to this. Yeah, I'm like I will be drawing. I'll probably be drawing into it like very easily. Because I'm pretty sure approach the second sun also gives it like, a lot of life. Uh, if yeah, it wasn't cast, seven. if it. If it wasn't, if it was cast from your hand and you've cast another spell named a person's second son, this can be win the game. Otherwise, put it uh, seven from the top and you gain seven life. Yeah, pretty fun card. Having a group hug deck, so. one of my very few. My only that is. Yeah, I'm excited about those. And then, um, I was just brew. I was just like, there's like a period where i was just brewing a lot of is it decks because i also like bell slinging decks like because i have a mizix but that's like a very like combo-y deck and so i made a um varen voice of duality oh, gross. <laughs> and, the, and and the amount of stupid triggers you you can uh um uh have off of this deck and like the amount of one one counters that Varen gets, or the amount of like triggers you get off of like Archmage uh, Emeritus, it's so stupid. The amount of like triggers that'll be on the stack with that deck. And then I was, because um, that'll be a deck that I probably eventually buy like way down the road. I want all these other decks first. But when I was brewing all these Is it decks, I came across that giant um, Aegir, the Freezing Flame. Whenever yeah. a creature planeswalker and opponent controls the dealt excess damage, if a giant wizard or a spell you control the dealt damage to it this turn, you draw a card. I wanted to make giant tribal with him, but I really wanted green because of like Beanstalk Giant and all the other li and like fight spells and stuff, you know. So then like it would proc Aegir, and so I so I went with Teamer and I made an Animar deck that's all giant tribal, and it's actually really cool, and I'm super excited to probably get this one at some point soon, too. That's a that's a scary thing to think about, because Animar makes those 
yeah it's it's super it there's actually a lot of really cool synergies that giants have it's not like really strong or anything but it's actually really cool like um do you know where is it i think it's calamity bear yep red one the, yeah the giant berserker if a giant source you control would deal damage to a permanent player it deals double that damage to that permanent player instead having having that with agar the freezing flame you're just drawing so many cards there's Beanstalk Giant with uh with its adventure allowing you to literally ramp and then his power toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. Um there's where was that other one? There was some really stupid one. Have you heard of Hamlet back Goliath? Is that the one? Yeah, it's a seven drop. It's six of any color, one red, it's a six six. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield, just whenever another creature can be to through token generation through anything. You may put X one one counters on Hamlet Goliath, where X is that creature's power. <laughs> so like, so if it's like par, it's like say like Parhelion, somebody attacks Parhelion and they make two four four angels. Well, Hamlet back Goliath is now getting plus eight plus eight off of that. <laughs> Seems like you're gonna have Just, a lot of fun with it. It's it's gonna be a really fun deck, I think. Uh, there's also Quake Bringer. Your opponents can't gain life at the beginning of your upkeep. Uh, upkeep Quake Bringer deals two damage to each opponent. This ability triggers only if Quake Breakers on the field, or if he's in your graveyard and you control a giant. <laughs> so, love so, so if this dude is dead and I have a giant on the field and he's in my graveyard, he will still be doing two damage to each opponent on my upkeep. There's uh there's Stink Drinker Daredevil. He's actually a goblin. He's a three drop goblin. He makes my giant spells cost two less to cast. Ask if you had that one. I have a deck. I have them in there. Yep. All your giants are costing less. Uh, Thundercloud Shaman. Whenever he enters the battlefield, it deals damage equal to the number of giants I control to each non-giant creature. I was gonna say if you want to also put in the have like count as giants. Uh, yep. Uh, do you know Tor and Marauder? Yep. I have that in there. That's the one. Whenever, whenever an opponent casts a spell, you put a one with counter on it. Since it's a changeling, it's a giant. That's gonna be a massive giant. Uh, you, oh, uh, you you know, you... Do you know Bearer of the Heavens? It is an eight drop, seven of any color, one red. He's a giant. He's a ten ten. When Bearer of the Heaven dies, destroy all permanents at the beginning of the next end step. Heavens. So, Wait, is that the so, red one, did you say? He's that red one. He's yeah. literally like holding up like the universe. Yeah, he's a 10-10. And so like, I'm going to be swinging at you with this 10-10, but if you, if you want it off the board or you want to kill it, you have to be prepared to have all of your lands and all of your permanents all off the field. <laughs> That's just... It literally resets the game. So if if you have no, if if you have no way to draw cards and if your hand is like near empty, you do not want to kill this thing because you will be behind. <laughs> Some guy's gonna be like, I'm gonna quit and be like, please no, please. I'm gonna set, I'm I'm gonna set it off. <laughs> and then uh, um, obviously Yorvo is in there. He's a giant. Oh, Yorvo. Yorvo's in there. There's um, 
there's the enchantment giant's grasp if enchanted giant i control when it enters when the this enchantment enters the battlefield i gain control of target non-land permanent for as long as giant grasp remains on the field so if i so if i so if i have bear of heavens and i enchant giant's grasp on bear of heavens i could take control of one of your really important like your commander and if you want your commander back you have to either destroy my enchantment or kill uh or kill uh bear of heavens if you kill the bear of heavens you kill everything else you kill everything anyways oh reflections of lajar is obviously in there so i can have two bear of heavens on the field i can watch everything die twice <laughs> A uh, warstorm surge, so my giants are dealing damage when they enter the battlefield. All color combinations. Yeah. You got Simic with red. You can just do so much damage, and you're just drawing cards and playing lands. There's obviously a lot of ramp because you know giants. Yeah, it's 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 not that strong of a deck because it's super slow, mm -hmm. but it's it's just stupid fun because you just you just play animar you protect animar you play some giants here and there then all of a sudden it's just these boom giant boom giant boom giant and it's literally just, just like... attack of the titans yeah pretty or much attack on titan that's that's literally what it, that's literally what it feels like and you know all of a sudden big daddy fucking bear of heavens comes out it's like yeah kill it i dare you <laughs> go ahead restart the game be like um <laughs> sure like, sure, why not? I got a full grip. <laughs> that yeah, would be me, so... though. So yeah, really, 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 really cool deck. I'm, I'm happy that I made it. I'm glad that it kind of worked out too. I was pleasantly surprised because I'd never even heard of like giant tribal until I, you know, I saw Ager and I tried to make it work. And then I, then I was like, man, I want it to be Teamer. And so I made it Teamer. And then I was very surprised that there was actually a lot of um, giant tribal synergies. And it actually works. Well, that's good to hear. I'm always, you know, proud to hear the decks you come up with and then face them later on and absolutely hate everything about them. But I had fun while <laughs> getting absolutely destroyed. <laughs> But, uh, I, I try to I try to make my decks like not too predictable, you know. You never let like, us guess your second move. <laughs> well, I just I want it I want it to be like refreshing to the table, like a completely different like take oh. on uh, yeah, well yeah, just a completely different take on like a on like decks or something, you know, like um uh like i really wanted to make like an azurus control deck work because like you know if somebody like pulls up with an azurus deck, you immediately think either stacks or blink. And I really didn't want to do that. And I was like, man, I really want like control to work with this, but it just doesn't work. And so I just made a blink deck for Azurus. Because I knew I wanted to make a blink deck eventually. It's like, oh, if I could just make it Azurus, there's nothing else that Azurus is good for, really. <laughs> so, and then I made, uh, um, I know Esper is kind of popular for a control. And I tried to like make it work, but it's just not my type of thing. Because like, it's honestly really expensive to make Esper control work. So instead, I made an Esper Reanimator deck, <laughs> which is super good. So, Rob, do you have anything else to say to everybody before we say our goodbyes? I don't think so. Yeah, I think we went over everything. Yeah, if you guys ever want to get into Commander, I highly suggest it. Uh, if you want to build a new deck, I would say do what Rob did and actually research. Or you could do what I did and learn from your mistakes and have a year and a half go by and then have uh, a friend of yours be an absolute Chad to you 
and be like, hey, do the whole do the whole like dad thing too, where he puts like the one hand on your shoulder and goes, listen here, kid, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. That deck was ass. <laughs> are there any commanders that you would uh, suggest to new players that are like easy to pick up? Um, I honestly would suggest Joda because, like I said, it's super easy. Put any legendary anything in there, and it just works. The new Joda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the new Joda. Judah. Uh, one... Judah. Joda. The Unifier is what he's called. The one coming out with uh, Dominator. Has it released yet? I don't yep. know if it's came released out on yet. the came out Friday. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, that one. Um, I would suggest um... that one. Another one I would suggest is any monocolored commander just yeah, to get a really true. easy feel so like the two decks i would recommend is joda the unifier just because it's super friendly the other one i would suggest is any mono color command uh probably gore claw mono green gore claw uh anything with power four or greater is reduced by i think it's cost is reduced by two generic mana yep that would be a really good starting deck because it's very consistent since mono green you don't have to worry about hitting like certain land drops and then um, it's super straightforward. Just have a lot of um, creatures power four greater. And there's a lot of cards in mono green that synergize with like having things that's, that are power four and greater. So I would check out Gore Claw, G O R E, and then Claw. It's like a it's like a bear. Yep, Gore Claw, um, Terror of Wall Sisma or Sisma. Three colorless yeah. and a green for so four mana. You get four three creature spells you control with or creature spells you cast with power four greater cost two less two cast. Whenever Goreclaw Terra of Qualisma attacks, each creature power four. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. So it yeah, it essentially does what, you know, just big green stompy, which is really a simple playstyle to go with. So I think that'd be a good starting deck too. Um any any pre-constructed deck, if you don't have the means of if you don't want to spend the time on like doing all the research and making the deck, you can then just go buy a pre-constructed deck to see how you like Commander. And then if you end up really liking it, um, I, w- I would suggest then going into either Goreclaw or Joda. Pretty much. I would say the same thing. Very easy. I'd said, I started off with a... It's harder to understand a lot more... Yeah, but it is nice because it that learning. But like yeah. Rob said, uh, monocolor decks, claw you can do just blue, red, green, white, black. But Dota is my pick, and then any monocolor deck. And Rob said, if you don't have any you don't want to go through all that if you don't want to go through the research make them by hand whatever you can easily buy a pre-constructed deck that they already come out with i think it's like two every set so every three to four months if some come out even sooner yeah i know um i know the newest the newest set dominary united that joda came from they came out with that five color tribal one which we talked about in our last podcast and then um they came out with that i touched up on it a little bit i think it's dihada i think her name is the mardu uh, commander yeah, the mardu commander that um is essentially like legendary creature tribal as well just it's not five color so i, I know i know that there's those pre-constructed decks if you don't want to invest the time and money into making your own so 
I, I guess Nikia too is another good mention. Not a bad one either, yeah. Basically, just look at commanders, see what like gets your eye, and then go from there. Because like I said, it's easiest to understand a one-colored commander because everything in there is one color. So no matter what your land yeah. is, it's always going to help you in some way, shape, or form. And then some of those, some of those, some of the creatures that some of the creatures or cards too that you would be playing with that you bought with, you know, like these um, more simpler commanders would also, uh, you know, you'd get more curious about how certain mechanics on like these creatures and other like spells and stuff that you cast work, and then you can then move from there on getting into more complicated and more complicated decks, adding more colors or like that. Yeah. Like I, I know, I know that there's a card in that that's really good in Gore Claw. It's that ogre where um, creatures with like power four greater, you know, can't be blocked by more than one creature. Yep. So I, I know like mechanic, like there'd be mechanics like that on creatures and stuff, and like these simple decks where it's just like, oh, how does that work? You'd look it up, get into it, you find out more complicated things about magic because like magic has like what like over like three hundred pages in like its official rule book. I think it's even more so than that. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So like it, the the easiest way to understand is just getting into something simple, uh, like a simple synergy, just stuffing it full of things that like synergize with your commander, and then like learning mechanics through the cards that way. Just slowly look up rules as you go. Ah. That, I believe that's everything we got to talk about today, and that's all the advice we can give you for the time being. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you again, Robert, for giving us some of your time to, you know, come back and talk about things that we both like talking about and that we can actually both give our input on, you know, and telling stories together, too, because that's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> we, have, we have some good ones. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But with that being said, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you in the lobby the next time you decide to queue up.